The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. Christ Universal Temple was founded in 1956 by the legendary Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. Check us out when you are in the area or online at www.cutemple.org. That's C-U-T-E-M-P-L-E dot org. We live stream every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. So join us. That's 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Or join us when you're in the area on Wednesday nights for our Wednesday evening service. We call it Bible 365, where we're taking the stories, many of the major narratives from Genesis to Revelations, and we're doing the metaphysical interpretation and practical application of the narratives. Today's show is really special, and I have one of my favorite authors and speakers on with us. Today we have on the show Dr. Rocco Erico, the founder of the Nora Foundation, or Nora Foundation, I want to pronounce it properly. Hello, Dr. Erico, how are you doing? Okay, how are you doing today, Galen? I'm doing well. Uh, again, I thank you for coming on the show. I do want to acknowledge that Dr. Erico will be at Christ Universal Temple Saturday and Sunday in Chicago. Um, he's doing, he's teaching on Saturday the mysteries of Daniel unveiled, and he will be discussing material from his new book, Aramaic Light, on Ezekiel, Daniel, and the Minor Prophets. And he will also be at Christ Universal Temple on Sunday teaching Heaven on earth dr erico i don't want to waste any of the time because i want to i value your time i want to just you know ask you a couple of questions and then we're going to open the um the show up to callers so they can call in and ask you questions as well um first of all how did you get involved in teaching the aramaic study of the bible well the story is really a long one but i'll try to make it as short as i can you know being a pastor like i was in san antonio Texas. I had a church there, and I was the associate minister, and people were constantly asking me questions about the Bible that they wondered about. And all I could tell them, well, certain things we take by faith, certain things you just have to accept. And I never liked 
telling them that. And I said, so I was always searching scripture constantly, new translations, all kinds of different ways to try and explain verses that people were having tremendous difficulty with. And then finally, one day, I discovered the Aramaic translation of the Bible. Now, that's another story, but I'm, I'm not going to get into that. But I did discover it, and it was through an, another person who told me about it. And because I wouldn't teach on the book of the Revelation, I said there's too many different interpretations and too much doom and destruction. I just can't go along with it. And someone said, well, I know something that you would really like. It's a book written by Dr. George M. Lamsa. He did a commentary on the book of the Revelation, plus he translated the Bible. Well, and he gave me another little, she gave me another little book called My Neighbor Jesus by George M. Lamsa. And so I started reading it that night, and I never put it down, never went to bed. That was my beginning adventure in understanding the Bible from the Aramaic text, the Aramaic Peshitta text. The word Peshitta in Aramaic means clear, clear. And it's exactly that, over 12,000 mistranslations were corrected coming from the Aramaic, which clarified many misunderstood passages of Scripture. And after working with it for several years, I decided to write Dr. Lamza a letter. He responded so well to it, he became one of our big convention speakers, our keynote speaker, and then he and I began to work together from 1965 to 1975, where he made his transition from our world here. And then I continued the work from then on, and have been lecturing all over the United States, and in Canada, Mexico, and in Europe, and Germany, and all over, continuing the Aramaic work. There's nothing like this work. It absolutely answers the questions for atheists, answers the questions for people who are just wondering, people who are just doubting but yet still are holding on to their faith. It clarifies so much, and especially in New Thought. I've run across people even in New Thought that have said, you know, I've always wondered about those scriptures, and it always bothered me, certain things bothered me, even though I am totally New Thought. And Yet, when you came and explained it, that freed me from it deep in my soul and in my heart and mind. This translation of the Bible, aside from the commentaries and understanding the Near Eastern customs and background, it opens people up if they're hungry to know the truth. If they're not hungry, they're satisfied with their eye. That's fine. I never touch them. I leave them alone. That's up to them. But people who really want to know the Aramaic, does have the answers to many of the questions people raise in their own minds and hearts. Uh, well, and that's yeah, briefly. <laughs> that's, that's briefly. briefly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried well, to do it as I, fast as I could. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, my first exposure to your work was in the Johnny Coleman Institute. I was mm -hmm. taking um, a Bible class, the introduction to the Bible, and your good friend, the Reverend Dr. Helen Carey, that put it into the curriculum that everybody had to study your seven keys uh, uh -huh. based upon your book, Let There Be Light. And right. 
Um, I would like for you to just explain to the audience briefly, uh, what are the seven keys to understanding the Bible? Well, you know, it's interesting because Dr. Lamza, who was my mentor, and as I said, we worked together for 10 years, he was wondering how he could condense his work where people could grasp it really quickly. And I was asked to speak at a seminary, and they wanted me to teach the entire Bible in one week time to give them a real good picture of the Aramaic from Genesis to Revelation. And I thought, okay. They said, if you can't do it, don't come. I said, no, I can do it, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And the seven keys came to me, how to reduce this entire understanding where people could grasp it quickly and not have to go through heavy theological things, just to simply grasp the the seven keys. And they came to me. And so the seven keys are vital for unlocking Scripture. And what I mean unlocking it, because we look at the Bible from a Western point of view, and all our schools are based on theological headwork and not on Near Eastern background. So I thought this is a way to develop people so they can have Eastern eyes, that is, looking at the Bible through the eyes of the Near East, not through theological schools, not through denominations, not through all these things where it can be simplified. And that's what I did. I simplified it under these seven keys, and the seven keys are these. Number one, you must have an idea of the Semitic languages, Aramaic and Hebrew. Aramaic being the chief one because that's the translation we are using. Once you know the words and their nuances, you'll get a different meaning behind the scripture. The second key are the idioms in the Bible. Idioms are peculiar expressions of speech where we say one thing, but we mean something else. For instance, we often say, did you know that so-and-so has been living in hot water now for six months? (laughs) Well, we understand that. We know that a person cannot literally live in hot water for six months. But we understand what that means. Or to be wrapped up in red tape, or to to be in a jam, or to be in a pickle. We use common language like that all the time, or to be up in the air about something, and or to be in a fog. All this is how we talk in daily expressions, and don't think a thing about it. Well, the Bible writers did the same thing, and we took those idiomatic expressions and made them literal. But they weren't literal. They are idiomatic And so that's why I made the second key idioms in the Bible, and there are over a thousand idioms in the Bible, which isn't too bad. (laughs) But (laughs) when you consider how many books there are in the Bible, and 66, and then all, and only a thousand idioms, a little over a thousand idioms, you know, it's pretty good. But we misunderstood a lot of what those idiomatic expressions were saying. Then the third key is the mysticism in the Bible. Now, what I mean by mysticism is there the Near Eastern people's propensity to sense things inwardly, to feel things 
inwardly. In fact, that's how God is understood. God is not understood by giving a doctrine of about God, that there's three in one, stuff like that. That's all man-made intellectual stuff that they never thought of in the Near East. That's all of our stuff, not Near Eastern. And so the mysticism, the word mysticism itself means something that's a mystery. We don't we can't quite figure it all out. We would use the term psychic or intuitive. I like to use the term intuitive. The Near Eastern people, especially the prophets, and especially those who really communed with what we call God, when they did that, their intuition was developed to its highest point it could possibly go. And they would sense wars coming. They would sense fires. They would sense all those things because of their development intuitively. And so that's why I made the third key to show there's certain passages in the Bible when God appeared to men. It was always in their dreams and visions or appeared to the women. It was in dreams and visions. This is their intuitive self coming to the highest point of consciousness in their own soul. So you have just three keys right there. So Over 40% of the Bible is based on intuitive experiences. Again, that we took too too literally and not grasping what it's talking about. The fourth key is the culture. You must understand the Near Eastern culture. We think that Jesus said many things that were difficult and hard to understand, only because we are not familiar with the culture. Now, in with the culture, you get the psychology, which is the next key. You have to understand the psychological thinking of the people of the Near East, especially the biblical people, and during the time of Jesus, the Galileans, and also in the Old Testament, you have to understand the 12 tribes of Israel and how they thought, what culture was moving them, what was behind what they were doing, what was their psychological belief systems. When you have that, you have another key that unlocks the Bible. Then the sixth key is the symbolism in the Bible. Part of their language is they're heavy on metaphors and symbols. They love to use metaphors. In fact, it's very difficult to understand the prophets unless you understand how they use metaphors. And we've taken many metaphors, literally too much so. And, and especially the prophets, we got the, created this whole idea of a birth of a supernatural being called Satan out of metaphorical terminology. And we twisted it right out of the Bible and created a scary thing in the supernatural world of someone that's an enemy of God that God had created in the ages in the past. And there's no Bible scripture for that at all. But we took that symbol and that metaphor or figurative speech and made it literal. And that's why we created all these other doctrines and ideas. Again, this helps us understand Scripture. God didn't create some supernatural creature in competition with him. No such (laughs) thing. And the last key, which is one of my favorites, I call it amplification. Near Eastern people love to amplify. That is, take a situation and frame it. 
you know, when you frame a painting, what happens to the painting? It stands out more. When you don't have a frame around a painting, you see it, you enjoy it, but that frame makes it stand out. So when the Near Eastern writers of the scripture began to write scripture, they also put a frame around everything. That is, they amplified it. And as an example, it says that Jesus fed 5,000 and multiplied the bread of for 5,000 men, not counting men, uh, women and children. Another place it says 4,000. Well, which was it? 5,000, 4,000. It makes no difference. It means it was a large crowd, and Jesus fed and met the needs of the people. And But they use amplification. We would use the word exaggeration, but we're so negative about that word exaggeration. But in the Near East, they love to amplify so you will not forget what they are telling you. So those are the seven keys that I put together to help simplify understanding the Bible from a Near Eastern perspective and giving the readers or listeners Eastern eyes to be able to discern the meaning of scriptures and the simplicity and the power there is in the scripture itself. Well, that was a very good explanation of a whole book because I do have the book as I have the majority of <laughs> the majority of your books. That was an excellent explanation. I'm going to go back and listen to that when this show is over. Uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was excellent. I do want to uh, remind people that they do uh, they can actually call in and ask you questions i want to give the number out uh if you would like to call in and ask dr rocco erico biblical questions you can call in at 888-558-6489 888-558-6489 i do want to remind you yet again that dr erico will be at Christ Universal Temple on Saturday, teaching the mysteries of Daniel unveiled, and Sunday, teaching, <clears throat> excuse me, heaven on earth. We're excited to have him come to Christ Universal Temple. Um, he and the founder of Christ Universal Temple, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, are good friends. Good, good friends. And, you know, we love him. He's family at Christ Universal Temple, without a shadow of a doubt. And we're privileged to have him as our brother. Um, I do want to also remind you that this station is supported by your love offerings and gifts. So as you have fully received and freely received, please freely give so other people can benefit from messages like this, messages that allow them to be empowered because everybody doesn't have access to this type of information. So we want to make sure that you do have the opportunity to be able to listen to this show and others on Unity Online Radio. We appreciate and love your support. We're going to take a quick break, but please, when we call back, please have questions. Call in and ask Dr. Rocco Erico questions about the Bible. This is your opportunity uh, to take advantage of one of the best biblical minds on the planet, in my opinion. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. 
If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Do you know what you want in life, but you don't know how to get it? How could your life change if you had a coach in your corner cheering you on? Join me, Coach Carla McClellan, and fellow certified life coach Drew Rapkin from the Academy of Coaching Excellence for Spiritual Coaching, Tools for a Vibrant Life, October 18th through the 21st here at Unity Village. With our years of coaching experience, we can help bring your life into focus, turn dreams into goals, create a clear path to success, and motivate you to keep going. I hope to see you at Unity Village. Learn more at unityvillage.org slash spiritual coaching. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand. A little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago. Today, we have the Reverend Dr. Rocco Errico on uh, with us as our special guest, talking to us about the Bible and the Aramaic and Semitic Near Eastern understanding of the Bible. Um, we have a caller online, uh, Reverend Bobby, who has a question for Dr. Erico. Reverend Bobby, are you there? I am here. Okay, what is your question for Dr. Erico? My question for Dr. Erico is, as you all were talking about the importance of the Arama- of studying it along the Aramaic lines, my, my, my question is, um, how important do you think it is, you know, from the perspective of be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, with perfect in the Aramaic uh, translating into all-inclusive, how important do you think the Aramaic study is in getting that all-inclusiveness message of Jesus across the people? 
<laughs> it's vital. But a lot of people don't want to do that. They want to keep themselves exclusive and want to keep the understanding of Jesus' teachings based on his death. And it's not based on his death. Jesus' teaching is based on what he taught. And the cross and the resurrection are just the finish of his gospel. It wasn't meant to be the foundation. Jesus was inclusive. First, he had to go to the Jewish people. But, his, of course, you know, his ministry was cut short right. because of the crucifixion. But his followers then, first, and even as Paul put it in his letters, first to the Jew and then to the Arameans or Arameans. Most of our Bibles say Greeks. That's not right. correct. Aramaic says Arameans or Arameans, either way you want to pronounce it, which means all other Semitic people all over the Near East. And then finally it went to Rome and, and did embrace the Greeks and everywhere else. Jesus, Jesus was inclusive. How do we know that this is what he was saying? You see, our word perfect in English means something different than it does in the Aramaic. The Aramaic word there is Gimera. Gimera in Aramaic means someone who is totally rounded out, who is totally mature. And our word perfection has, has a different meaning. Yeah. So this rounded outness, this maturity, as God does, God lets his rain fall on the just and the unjust and lets his sun shine on the good and the wicked meaning God is always open to all people to turn, if, if someone's doing something wrong, to quit it and to turn yeah. to truth and find happiness and joy and prosperity and understanding and enlightenment. This is what Jesus was after. So I consider that vital to the gospel of Jesus, but most people do not teach that. They make everything exclusive. You have to follow a set rule of doctrines and belief systems before you can embrace what they're talking about. So with Jesus, he wasn't. He spoke directly to the people. You notice he didn't go around talking against sinners. He didn't go around saying, you are sinners, you are no good, you were born in sin right. and conceived in iniquity. That was not his message. His message was inclusive, not exclusive. And he knew how to bring out the good in people. That's why he said, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> if you're a peacemaker and you hear this teacher saying that, you'd love him. <laughs> yes. This is how Jesus approached. Thank you, Dr. Erico. Be at peace. Galen, take care. Thank, Thank you, you, buddy. Uh, we have another caller online. Dana, is Dana still there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Dana. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, do you have a question for Dr. Erico? I do. Uh, Dr. Erico, when approaching the interpretation from the Aramaic interpretation, which you said is so important, can you describe the difference in uh, Jesus as opposed to Jesus Christ, as opposed to the only begotten Son, and what they mean when approaching it from an Arama Aramaic inter interpretation? Yes, um, those are excellent questions. If I should forget some of the ones you asked me, remind me again as I'm doing it, okay? Sure. Okay, the first expression, the name Jesus, they only use one name. He only has one name, and we pronounce that name, Yeshua. Yeshua, we're not Yeshua. It's Yeshua. 
and it means, uh, it comes from the root word meaning to save. It comes from the ancient name Yehoshua, which was Joshua. In fact, the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, if you're reading in Aramaic, it says the book of Jesus, <laughs> because it's the same name, Yehoshua. But they shortened it during, the, during Jesus' time. In fact, our word Jesus comes from the Greek, Jesus. So here, the name simply means one who saves, one who, it means God saves. That's literally what the name means, that God saves. So, the word Christ is not a proper name. It is a title. And in Aramaic, we say, Meshicha. We say, Maran. Maran means our Lord, which again is a, is a title of respect for anyone over 30. They call them Mar, meaning Lord. We translate it as Lord, but it can mean many things. But it's a term of respect. Modern means our Lord, M-A-R-A-N. The name Christ, Meshicha, means the anointed one, anointed. So it would be our Lord, Yeshua, the anointed. That's how it should have been translated. But everyone, because people are so used to the term Christ, Dr. Lamza, when he translated the New Testament from Aramaic into English, he knew People would, and he did it in the early 30s, 1930s. So he had to use the term Christ because we were used to it. But it should have been the anointed one, mm -hmm. Jesus the anointed one. His name shouldn't be Jesus Christ. No such thing. It was Paul who did that. But if you're, he wrote in Aramaic also. But when you translate it into English, it should be our Lord Jesus the the anointed one, or the Messiah, if you want to really bring it out, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one we've been waiting for. It's a title, not a name. In the Near East, they only use one name. That's why Mary, Mary of Magdala, not Mary Magdalene, no such thing, Magdalene. It's Mary of Magdala, means this modium, Mary, was from Magdala. Now, what was the other term you wanted besides Christ and Jesus? The only begotten Son of God. Oh, yes, that's a good one. First of all, that's not a good translation. The, and even in Greek, it's not good. Forget Aramaic, just Greek. And not only do I have, and I have all Roman Catholic scholarship backing me on that, that in Greek, it doesn't mean the only begotten Son. That was a bad translation when they made it from the Greek. But the Aramaic, the Aramaic is Ehidaya. That's how you say only begotten. Ehidaya. And it means the beloved one and not only begotten. And that should have been translated correctly. And uh, I forgot the Roman Catholic scholar who wrote a whole thing on it. Uh, he just recently passed away about three years ago. And he made it very clear that that term in Greek did not mean only begotten. It meant the, the firstborn son. That's why Dr. Lamza, when he translated it in the Gospel of John, he made it 
the firstborn son. The word there really isn't firstborn son. It's what the word implies. The word implies the firstborn son. But only begotten is a bad translation, not good at all. It means the sole heir, the beloved, the firstborn boy in the family who has to take care of the mother and father when they're when they are too old to work, who has to take care of his brothers and sisters, if he has any. This is a very important term in Aramaic. And they did translate it correctly into Greek, but when it went from Greek into English, that's when it got messed up, when we did it as only begotten, which is not correct. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. Uh, again, if you have any questions, please give us a call at 888-558-6489. That's 888-558-6489. Dr. Erico, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, sure. What was, what was Jesus' central message? <laughs> the kingdom of heaven. That was okay. his central message. Or kingdom of God, either way. The reason why Matthew uses the term heaven instead of God, when because I tell you who started it. What started the message, who started it, wasn't Jesus. Jesus did not start that message. It was John the Baptist. If you read the third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, it tells you that John the Baptist came telling the people to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or is near. There's different ways you can translate it, but it means it's upon us. It has come right now. It is here. It is present. But you have to reach out for it. So John the Baptist started it, and Jesus came down from Galilee and went into Judea, where he heard the Baptist, and he... He accepted what the Baptist was saying. But once John got arrested and put in prison, then Jesus started teaching the same message that John was. And if you read it in the scriptures, it's identical. It says, Then Jesus began to preach that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is in. Repentance wasn't based on accept Jesus' death on the cross. The message was repent and embrace the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Why was the term heaven used? Heaven was used as a euphemistic term. In other words, it was a substitute for the word God, because the Jewish people didn't like to use the word God very much. They still don't today. They refer to God as Hashem, the name. And when they even spell it out, they write G, and then blank with a dash, and then D. And in the, in the ancient world, during Jesus' time, they did the same thing, but they substituted the word heaven for the word God. So the kingdom of heaven is really the kingdom of God, on earth. And this was his central message. This is what he was after. Repent, that means turn around and face God. Turn around and face heaven. Turn around and face a new world, a new world order based on godliness. And what is godliness? Godliness is love, peace, harmony, joy. Jesus 
set up a kingdom that would rule in the hearts of men and women and children all over the world. But not a legalistic system. Not like someone's just trying to convert you to a set of belief systems. Jesus didn't come preaching belief systems. He came announcing love and peace and harmony and joy and understanding and enlightenment. Things that are natural in the hearts of men, buried, buried in us, because we don't use them very much. We'd rather fight, we'd rather argue, we'd rather do all that other. But the real message is how to get along with one another, and the kingdom of heaven was just to do that. In fact, my talk on Sunday at Christ Universal Temple at 10.30, I will be speaking on heaven on earth. The prophets predicted this. The book of the Revelation mentions this. And Jesus brought it. And we can continue with it if we understand it and work with it. That's his basic message. That was the thrust of his message. The kingdom of heaven on earth, or the kingdom of God on earth. Well, well, I'm, I can't wait until Sunday to hear that message. <laughs> Definitely. If, if that's not the gospel, I don't know what is. That is the gospel, period. Yes, yes. Um, I do want to give people, again, an opportunity to call in, 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Yet again, I want to remind everyone that Dr. Eric Cole will be at Christ Universal Temple on Saturday teaching the mysteries of Daniel unveiled. He will also be, as he just mentioned, at Christ Universal Temple on on Sunday teaching heaven on earth. Now, um, you can check with our live stream the, if you would like to, if you don't live in the area and you want to have the opportunity to um, worship with us and make sure that you hear his powerful messages. Check out our live stream, www cutemple.org that's c-u-t-e-m-p-l-e dot org I want to remind you yet again that this station is supported by your love offerings and gifts and as you have freely received please freely give we want to continue to give powerful messages like this to the world because we believe that we can transform this world. We believe that truth transforms. And when people are empowered with the truth about themselves, the truth about God, the truth about their fellow humanity, then we, when we realize that we're all one, when we realize that love keeps us all together, then we can go forward and know and transform our world by first transforming our own consciousness. Because as Dr. Erico keeps saying, it all starts with me working on my own soul first. I can't do anything before I do that. We're going to um, take a quick short break. And when we come back from the break, we have a caller online that will be waiting. And I don't want to take the call yet because I want to make sure that we have the time to take the break so Dr. Erico can fully answer the question. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. 
Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Good parenting doesn't happen by default. It's intentional. It's a decision about who you'll be and what you'll do in your family life. Join your hosts, Reverends Jennifer and Ogan Holder, each week for Unity Family Matters as they guide you on a spiritual journey, creating conscious family life. Experience the light side of parenting, realizing your divine identity while raising your children to know they are the light of God. Gain insights based on unity principles. Talk with today's prominent experts in spiritual parenting and address your questions and comments from spiritual perspectives. Unity Family Matters. Every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am um, talking to the founder of, of the Notarized. Notarized, correct, Dr. Erico? Yeah, Nora Foundation. That's N O O H R A. It's really pronounced Nukra, but it's too hard for people to say, so we just shorten it to Nora. But it's not spelled like the name Nora. It's N O O H R A, Nukra, and it means light. That's the Aramaic word for light. Yeah, so the founder of the Nukra Foundation, right. Dr. Rocco Erico, please go to the website. You can Google uh, Nukra Foundation. Uh, or Google his name. Uh, Dr. Erico has written several books. He just finished doing a commentary on all of the books of the Bible with um, material with Dr. George Lambs or his mentor. And he has other books, Let There Be Light and There Was Light, uh, Mysteries of Creation, Setting a Trap for God. So many uh, powerful, wonderful books that help enlighten and open up scripture. We have a caller, uh, Anna um, could you pronounce your name again, Miss? Sure, Annie M. Annie M. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. That's great. That's great. What is your question for Dr. Erico? Um, it has to do more with an experience and about how to learn more about it. Um, a few years ago, like in 2007, uh, my mother was having a really, it was like a, a family crisis where there was a really bad situation with her, you know, and I was in the U.S. Um, I remember feeling extremely frustrated because there was so little I could do. And after doing some meditation and prayer, you know, I just went to sleep. But my boyfriend at the time, I remember the next day, he was looking at me really funny. And when I asked him what happened, he told me that when I went to sleep and I was very asleep, I started talking. And I think that he Googled or he looked later on and he found that he thought that whatever I was saying was Aramaic, which I know nothing about. And um, and I remember after I woke up, I felt that everything was going to be all right, and everything was all right, you know, like a miracle. 
And I was very peaceful, even though the night before I thought, you know, my world was just crumbling. Um, but I never looked more into that. So I'm wondering why could a person have that experience? And that also got me interested into learning more about Aramaic. So what is your question? Why, you know, why could that happen to somebody that doesn't know that language or has never been um, in touch with it? I work as an interpreter, you know, Spanish, English, uh-huh. but I mm-hmm. have never been in touch with Aramaic. Well, first of all, we don't know if you really spoke Aramaic or not. Unless sure. you know someone who was there who knows Aramaic, would only know whether that was Aramaic or not. And it could have been. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. But you would need someone there who heard you when you were asleep speaking it, see? That can happen, absolutely. But the major thing, your experience, the major thing was to assure you that everything was going to be all right. You had a spiritual experience that was assuring you that everything was going to be fine with your mother, and uh, even though she was in Mexico. And you, you prayed, and you fell asleep, and it began to work. There's no such thing as distance in spirit. There is no distance in spirit at all. It's only here with our physical bodies that we create the distance. But there's none in spirit. True. Okay. One of the things in the Bible that um, really got me away from the Catholic Church, and I wish I could uh, find if there is a better interpretation, is of the one, you know, and I cannot quote because I don't remember when... It says that God gave his only son, you know, for humanity, and then the church teaches us that um, we're sinners and and Jesus had to be crucified. That that whole story, is there another interpretation, or is there any misinterpretation in that? No, what it means is uh, that you're talking about the Gospel of John, and you're talking about the third chapter. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that who believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus did not have to go to the cross. It wasn't, it, although Paul says it was God's plan for the cross, but it wasn't. This is Paul speaking. This Jesus did not have the cross in mind at all. It was life that he had in mind. What the cross does show us is this, that there is really no death that we survive that phenomenon we call death. And the word death in Aramaic means not here, but present elsewhere. That's what that word death means in Aramaic. Present elsewhere. And not you're gone and finished and over with. Uh, So uh, the meaning of the cross is we survive death. Thank you, Anna. That is beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. We have uh, Dr. Erica. We have Minister Harris online. Is, is she is she on the call? I am. Hi, Minister Harris. How are you doing? I am well. Good morning to both. Good morning. Thank you. My question for Dr. Erico is um, I am a licensed minister and am really seeking 
um, better understanding of the Word of God, and I'm wondering how you would instruct a student of the Word in terms of um, finding the resources that are needed to expose truth. I know that you worked under Dr. Lamza for 10 years, and I know it's great to have a personal mentor, but if you don't have that mentor, what resources are available to guide you in truth? Well, you know, I put out lots of tapes, uh, CDs, DVDs. I have written 13 books on the entire Bible, a commentary that Dr. Lambs originally started but was never able to finish and complete. I completed it for him, and uh, I just finished the last one. That is available. I've written a basic book to help people get a good foundation under them called Let There Be Light, The Seven Keys That Unlock Scripture. I also have that on tape. I also teach uh, once a month on, uh, uh, I do a webinar once a month. It's generally the first or second Saturday in each month. Now, in November, it'll be the second Saturday, and uh, I am teaching the teachings of Jesus. That's another place you can get exposure. And um, I have lots of books and tapes and everything that you can get. And and that's why I wrote all those things. I, I, I spent my entire life doing that so other people would have the resources to look at scriptures from a different perspective than the way we've always been taught all our lives and still is being taught today. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Uh, We have another call online, uh, Joelle Jackson. Is she online? Yes, I am. Hi, how are you doing? What is your question for Dr. Errico? My question is uh, regarding the Lord's Prayer. Yes. And the the, uh, translation is specifically, lead us not into temptation. And we say, leave us not in temptation. Uh Uh-huh. And the ending of the prayer, how that was added. Well, that's what the scholars say, but that's not true. Okay. (laughs) That's what the scholars say it was added. No, no, no. It's because Luke leaves it out and Matthew has it in. And so they deduce from that that originally, because they think Luke is better than Matthew, so they deduce from that that, oh, no, that was added. The, end, the ending of the, uh, the verse was added. No, 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 no. You've got to realize, first of all, scribes always worked on the scriptures besides the original author. The scribes changed a lot of things, too. But aside from that, the Lord's Prayer, when we say it in Aramaic, La Tatlant Lisiona, and do not let us enter into temptation. And lead us not is not correct. God isn't about to lead anyone into temptation. And so lead us not. We're implying that God may lead you into temptation. And that's not correct. And I used to teach the Unity students and, uh, you know, in Lead Summit. And I used to tell them, I tell you what. <laughs> I'll compromise with you. I know how Charles Fillmore did it. And I said, which is pretty good. This is before he found out about the Aramaic. Charles Fillmore and Myrtle Fillmore knew Dr. Lamza very well, but they had already written some of this stuff before they met him. 
and he and he, he had it, you know, uh, leave us not. So I I always tell the students, unity ministerial students, I always told them, I tell you what, if you're in the middle of the temptation, then then say it the way Charles Fillmore said it, leave us not, get me out of the temptation. But if you're not there, then you can pray the way Jesus gave it, and do not let us enter into temptation. The word there, ta'lan, in Aramaic means to enter into. So when you say, la, 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 in Aramaic means no, no. So when you say la, la, ta'lan, means, and do not let us enter into temptation, is what the Aramaic says. But it depends on where you are. I'm sure it doesn't bother Jesus or God. If you're in the temptation, then leave us not. Get me out of it. But the Aramaic is, and do not let us enter into temptation. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Uh, we have about three minutes left. Uh, we have one more caller, Dr. Erico. Elisa. Is Lisa online? Yes, I am. Hi, Lisa. What is your question Hello? for Dr. Erico? And um, it has to be brief because we don't have a lot of time. Right. He mentioned a webinar, and I was uh-huh. wondering how I would access that information. What website would that be? Under my name, RoccoAerico.com, and everything will be right there. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Uh, and, and in closing, because we only have about two and a half minutes to go, Dr. Erico, can you give people a mm-hmm. brief summary, maybe a one-minute summary of what you'll be teaching on Saturday for the Mysteries of Daniel Unveiled? Oh, yes. Concerning, well, first of all, I'm going to give an, over, an overall idea about the prophets, what they were after, what they wanted, what they, how they were watchmen and protectors of their nation, and which we don't have in our nations today. We don't have any more prophetic office helping us in our guidance for wars and for all those kind of things. I'll be talking about that. And Daniel especially. Daniel guided the king of Babylon. And I'll be talking about that and explaining dreams and visions which Daniel received. And I'll also explain how God got Daniel out of the lion's den, how he protected him with the lions, and why they didn't eat Daniel. I'll explain all that when we do that session on Saturday afternoon on the mysteries of Daniel unveiled. I'm explaining all about the beast and all the different things he saw and what it meant then, and what it means to us now. And also on Sunday, we'll be speaking about heaven on earth. Is it possible to have heaven on earth? Can we have heaven on earth, which is the central message of Jesus? Not heaven when we die, but heaven while we're here. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I would like to thank all of the listeners who have um, called in and listened to the show Please remember that this uh, episode will be available on the website under my page on Unity Online Radio at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time today. So you can go on. You can download it to your computers, to your phones, to your iPods, to your iPads or mobile devices. I would strongly suggest it because a lot of information has been given today and it would be something I would definitely recommend that you go over and and re-listen to and make sure that 
Uh, if you don't have some of his works, make sure that you go on uh, to the Nura Foundation or however you get the materials uh, and make sure that you start doing some reading because, believe me, it's soul enlightening. So I would like to thank you again, Dr. Erico, for coming on the show. Thank you for your thank support. You, thank you. Thank you for your love. And you're always welcome. Come back anytime you want. You can call me the day before and you can always <laughs> come on and do the show. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. And thank you and God bless you. Thank you, too. Thank Bye-bye. you. And- thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. In quiet moments of prayer... Let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. 